tall, like I'm on my tiptoes, baby. You think a little too small? I got big goals, baby. Hey, where the money? I look, I just need the info. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Blake's Edge Podcast. I am your host, Danny Morang. Before I get started, quick reminder: like, rate, review, subscribe, do all of those things. Uh, it helps me see what I need to change, what I need to adjust, and how I can better serve the audience. Uh, it's a legit thing. Um, share the podcast with people you know. Uh, it's it's a community, and this is that's what this podcast is. This actual edition is going to be uh, solely a mailbag edition. It's a quick turnaround uh, with a long weekend and, well, taking a little bit of time off. Uh, got a little bit of video content that's out there. If you haven't already, check out how Nor- the Blazers unlocked Norman Powell, uh, my latest breakdown video. Uh, also, uh, like I said, it's going to be nothing but mailbag edition. Got some really good questions uh, this episode or this weekend uh, that I want to make sure that I hit on. So without uh, further ado, let's hop right into them from Ty Forshee at Ty Four. It seems like every outcome has been based on how Nurk plays defensively and how long he can stay on the floor. Also seems like the Blazers need to find more stability off the bench versus Nuggets uh, bench in order to win the series with RJ and Cove. The offense drops significantly. Let's go some statements. Not, not a whole ton of questions in there. Well, it's all right, Ty. We'll let that one go. <laughs> uh, but I think there's... There's some truth in, obviously, the idea of Nurk playing defensively and staying out of foul trouble. The It's so hard to really go into a ton so far because there have been two blowouts, just two absolute housings where both teams were just garbage from the chump. Um, Portland in Game 2 and Denver in Game 4. Um, you got to give the Blazers some credit. There's no doubt about it. But if you go back and rewatch that game, their, their pick and roll coverage, Denver's, was atrocious. Jokic was sloppy on both ends of the floor, not engaged. Uh, Porter Jr. Uh, was definitely floating through the game. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Maybe there's some truth to the whole thing about the political rally chasing whatever uh, at the Denver hotel that kept them up. Or It's definitely not a Portland nightlife thing, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, Nurk being on the floor is probably the single most important thing in the series outside of uh, ball control, uh, ball movement um, for both the Blazers on offense and defense. So um, I'm not too worried about Nurk in that sense. I don't think he's going to get too foolish. And if he does, Terry's going to pull him and, well, they're going to have to find other answers. And that leads me to the Ronda Hollis Jefferson coming stuff. Um, RHJ probably going to get those cancer minutes. They, Again, we can't take a ton from that, that game because that was actually the one time where Denver actually made a bit of a push was when Ronda got on the floor. I don't know if those are direct correlations uh, more than just how they turned out uh, with Jermichael Green and Paul Melsop both playing well uh, in that stint. We'll probably see more of it. Again, I don't think we're going to see Cantor outside of garbage time in this series right now. Um, but as far as stability goes, eh, the stability was in a Cantor. Like, he's a production guy. He gets you stuff, and if he's not getting you stuff, he's not on the floor. Like, that's he's a box score guy through and through. Ron is the flip side of that, where he's not going to get you any box box score stuff, but he's going to get you some hustle points. He's going to get you some switches. He's going to tag a roller. Uh, he's going to be there on the help side. He's going to poke a rebound. It's just little things versus, you know, quantified things, uh, at least box score-wise. So, um, yeah, Nurk, still very important, probably single most important thing outside of Damon and Jokic for each team. Um, bench, I more than the big guys, I don't expect them to play defense all that well with that bench unit. I just want to see, honestly, Ant and Mello get back on track, knocking down threes. I think that's huge for them. Uh, from Grant at Grant Moen zero. If Nurkic fouls out in either small or, or in any other small ball situation, do you think there is should be any debate between Rondé and DJ? You can probably have one. 
you can have your own situations. DJ's more athletic. Rondé's stronger, bigger, uh, knows how to use his weight. DJ's been nicked up and struggled with size at times, but I've also seen him play really well against LeBron James. So I, I can see the argument either way. Stott seems to be siding with Rondé, and maybe DJ, they just don't trust him for whatever assignment they want Rondé to be, whether it be a rebounder or to offer a little bit of strength and resistance um, to Jokic or uh, Millsap or something along those lines. That's, But I, I can see how you can look at it anyway. Uh, Ryan Banky at Wake Thomas 13. Why don't DJ and Sear get at least a little bit of run? Running the starters as many minutes cannot equate to a long playoff run. They'll be gassed in the second round if they are gassed in round two, excuse me, if they advance. And they're not going to be gassed. Like, if you look right now, I, I'm going to do this right now. I actually haven't looked at the numbers right now. And if I clear the teams here, because I've got Portland and Denver centric stats, I bet you. There is a whole heap of dudes averaging 35-plus minutes. Whoo doggy. There are 25 players in just the playoffs averaging over 35. The list, the top 50 is averaging over 30. Welcome to the playoffs. That's what it is. I would like to buy minutes, but it doesn't matter. It's about winning the game that's in front of you over and over and over. 16 times, in fact, until you get to an NBA title. Um, being able to buy Cov some rest, I guess, isn't that important? Melo's only playing 20s. Like, if you're looking for somebody to get somebody off the floor and get some rest, you're probably looking more at Ant to get Dame or CJ off the floor, in which case, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I'm obviously an Ant guy, and I want to see him get some looks um, with some guys out there. But other than that, I think it's just kind of the situation. You just roll with it. My logos, my logos, my logos, I don't know, uh, at Loganakio, Loganakio, I'm going to go with that. How was it that our guards seemed completely seemed completely competent on D in game four? Was it effort or scheme change? I'm going to go with the uh, lightly used uh, neither. Um, most of it, number one, I didn't think Dane looked particularly good defensively at all, especially in the first half. He looked really bad. He died on a lot of screens, um, got caught in some actions, bad rotations, Gambled when he shouldn't have. Uh, oh, I, looking back at it, I didn't watch the tape for him specifically, but he was probably the worst defender on the floor for Portland in the first half. Uh, yeah, it was bad. It was really bad, in fact. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't think it was an effort or scheme change situation. I think it was Denver it was just really bad. I thought they, they executed really poorly. They were lazy getting into their sets on both ends. Uh, lazy getting back and then lazy getting into their sets, I should say. Um, and they bailed De uh, Portland out. I, I think that was a big, big difference. Jokic not hitting circus shots regularly gets Denver's offense off schedule, and they become a little bit more predictable, and then they kind of folded. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily either one of those things about effort or scheme change. I, they probably cared a little bit more. Um, but I don't, I don't think they came out with the same effort in Game 4 as they did in Game 1, um, at least defensively. So, uh, next one. Portland Hoops at PNW Sports 503. I'm already going to irritate you because I, I read this question earlier. Uh, I read the last line. Don't say small sample size. I'm going to say small sample size, but I'll read the question first. What do you make of teams having a best overall Raptor and a Raptor war? How are his defensive numbers so high? I'll ask you that last question there first. How are his defensive numbers so high? 
mostly playing with Yusuf, Yusuf Nurkic and then having some blowout games. Blowout uh, plus minuses. Game four, it was bonkers. Uh, I think they finished like plus 23. Uh, their box scores, even though Dame didn't shoot well, uh, their box score impact metrics were, were crazy, and then Dame was averaging 38 a game going into that. So, yeah, it's just a matter of when you pull the sample size. If if the Blazers lay an egg uh, in Game 5, Dame's not going to be up there. I mean, he still be he still be up there, but he won't be near as high as he is or was. Um, that's I think it's Dame's been spectacular, but he's also had some pretty serious shortcomings. He's found a way to manipulate some of that at, at a few points, but uh, yeah, I. I don't have much on that stuff when the sample size is, is four games. It just it, There's just no way to really tell. Uh, let's see. The Real Dan Man, which, come on. We're going to have to have a discussion about that. Uh, at Real underscore Dan Man, is Nurk the only Blazer who can efficiently guard Jokic? Also, without Jamal Murray, do you think Jokic will tire out too quickly to win the series? On the first point, nobody can efficiently guard Jokic. Nobody has all season. I think Embiid's probably your best matchup. Maybe, you know, Gobert got cooked by him. Uh, so maybe Embiid's big enough to really handle him, but um, that's why he's the MVP or the presumptive MVP. So, yeah, it's making him work. I think it was less about how good Nurk was defensively in Game 4 and more about how bad Jokic was. I don't I don't say that to take away from Yusuf Nurkic. I, I thought he played him better. He played him smarter, and there was a couple possessions where he busted his tail uh, making Jokic work for a couple shots. And I think it was a really good idea to do that early because I think Jokic kind of rolled over and showed his, showed his belly early on in that game. Uh, as far as Jokic tiring out, listen, that's the one thing about the guy. He is a horse. He just does not stop. He will run himself into the ground, and I don't think he's ever reached that point. He is one of the more better conditioned, conditioned players in the league, and it's incredible for a dude at his size. Um so I don't think he'll tire out in that regard, um, but I just don't think they're going to have the firepower to really compete uh, on the next level. Um, D in a fencing symbol, at paint underscore sign underscore play. With the game four adjustments, the answer is just enough boost to get one game. <sighs> Again, good adjustments, and if, like I said, if you haven't already watched it, uh, I put out a video on how they unlocked Norm Powell and focused on getting him the ball early and often and the actions they looked at getting him involved. I think they were impactful, and I think they're good and bode well for Norm Powell going forward and how the Blazers will continue to utilize him. But I don't know much of an impact overall that had because Denver was so damn bad. Like, it's it's so often like, well, one team did this, so, you know, that XY direct correlation, so why? That's not always the case. Some teams just are crappy on a given night on in any sport, but particularly in the NBA where there's so much volatility. That's why you want to have, again, to call back here, the larger sample sizes so you can go, okay, you know, which one of these was the random? I genuinely think game two and game four were kind of random for each team or response games for the, for the team that lost previously. Um, so it's – I don't think it was necessarily about the adjustments entirely and more about just – randomness, but also the Blazers found some good stuff in there. So I don't know how much the Nuggets are going to take from that. And I don't know how much the Blazers are going to take from that that game and go, this worked and, and this is what we can really focus on. But I think you can take ideas from those situations more than you can specific examples of, you know, this is what we can do, how we can counter this. Um, just because I think Denver was, was, was pretty bad in that game. 
Uh, Slater Smith at Slater J. Smith. Getting a bit ahead of myself, but if we make it out of this round before a matchup against the Suns or the Lakers, I think both those matchups are nightmare hell for the Blazers. Um, the Lakers less so if AD is not healthy. That's a different kind of level. If AD is healthy, ugh, God. Uh, Chris Paul, uh, Damian Lillard appears to have exercised that demon uh, the last time they played in the regular season and went nuts. Um, so... Maybe you're less scared of that matchup. Uh, the backcourt advantage that you did have kind of disappears. It becomes more about front court play as both backcourts are elite. Uh, maybe not fully elite in scoring, but how they balance each other out. Um, the, the Lakers that Blazers don't have a good answer for if they're healthy in Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So I think I'm more afraid of a healthy Lakers, but I really like this Suns team, and I don't think the Blazers are looking at either one of those teams real thrilled. Uh, Jason, uh, AP and goodbye, Planet Pat at Nooch is best. I guess reference how MPJ said he'll impose his will on next game. Okay, so MPJ is a guy who's still trying to figure himself out where he belongs in the pecking order, even though he's a firm second right now with Jamal Murray out, how he gets his shot. So he's kind of in this Clay Thompson world where his handle's not good enough to, to regularly generate shots, and he's not a great playmaker, but he's such a... Stupidly good play ender. Unreal three-point shooter. Effective field goal percentage through the roof. Just dumb good around the rim. Uh, Mid-range, can pull from anywhere. He just, just doesn't have the tool set to get to where he needs to get. So he's still reliant on other guys. He's not strong enough to really post anybody up, but he can shoot over anybody at any spot on the floor. So it's he's missing that component to really impose his will. But if guys get him the ball or if he's more aggressive when he gets the ball with his shooting, he could impose his will. There's no doubt about that. And I've expected him to have one of those games this this series um, because the Blazers don't have a, a great option for him. Uh, and, again, I think you can credit Powell a little bit for being physical and taking him out of the game. But um, I think Porter Jr. to an extent does that to himself still as a young player. All right, we're going to wrap us up with the last question here. KJ Ironman 1 at KJ Ironman 1. Uh, Dan, get an update on Zach if you can. So he's been uh, getting some shots up pregame, but uh, the last in, uh, injury report that I have, and actually I'll, I'll do this one live, this makes for great podcasting. I believe he has no actual medical update. Let's see, Slack channel for press. Injuries. All right. Portland injury report Monday, May 31st. Uh, Portland center Yusuf Nurkic left thumb. Obviously, his thumb was knocked. Is available. And Ford center Zach Collins left ankle stress fracture is out for Tuesday's game five at Denver. That's your that's your update. <laughs> that's as far as um, anybody's willing to go at this point in time. And I've kind of sh- said my, my, my whole spiel on Zach at this point. He should stay out. He should absolutely stay out until next season, get his next contract, and then show up ready to go. Uh, then get ready to prove that he's he can stay healthy for you know the majority of his career and figure it out from there. Uh, like I said, it's going to be a short, tight episode this week just because we have the video. Uh, it's game day. A lot of stuff coming out. Uh, so we're going to wrap it up here. Again, thank you. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Do all of that stuff. I really do appreciate it. And again, even if you love me, great. If you hate me, great. Just let me know. <laughs> that's that's like that's how I look. I, I look at this stuff and try to take um, good criticism uh, and good feedback where I can, and, and I try to apply that. So, um, 
thank you all. I do appreciate it. And uh, we'll take a look at this game five that I don't think anybody has any really great idea where it's going to go. Uh, and then I'll wrap back up with a, probably a longer podcast um, later on this week with one of the Denver um, uh, media folks. See if we can kind of see where we got from game one to game five, game six, and uh, go from there and see if, uh, you know, the Blazers are looking at wrapping up a series or looking to stave off elimination in game six. Uh, until then, take care. We'll talk soon. Bye.